Well, I mentioned that I'm going to a uh, master's class, and uh, part of the class is online, but part of what you have to do is you have to dialogue online with your other students. That's part of, like, class participation. That's the only way you can get uh, approved and accredited. So I was quoting, what, what you have to do is have what they call scholarly writing. That means you have to quote someone else that said something else, that did some research, that made some time and effort into discovering if something was true or not. So you have to quote from a book. So in this one book they quoted about a, a baseball player, any baseball player that gets to the park, they just don't be good because they get there. They have to practice and you know, improve their skills so that when they get there they can perform well. Is that right? He says, so the correlation was, so true in Christianity. We can't just expect to be Christians without practicing and studying and working and doing something in the Bible, meditating and getting that on the inside of you so that you can actually have something to give when the time comes. You, you have to meditate on love so that when people upset you, some love comes out, right? You can't just grab and hope for an on-the-spot moment. Well, maybe God will be, you know, minister to me now, and I'll be able to be in love. No, you have to do some work. So um, I, I did a, a baseball analogy, and she said, oh, I really like that baseball analogy. She said, well, and then she answers back, have you ever felt like it's one, two, three strikes you're out in your spiritual formation? Do you rally to take one more crack at it, swinging at the fences? How do you field unexpected ground balls? And what's your response when the whole crowd is booing at you? I write back. <laughs> Heather, Heather, Heather. <laughs> Though I am a pastor, I am Mr. Baseball, okay? So if you want to play baseball analogy, here we go. Because <laughs> I can mix baseball with scriptures and in fact, one of the guys at, at my work says, what do you know more, baseball or scriptures? I go, mm, it's probably about 50-50. I know, I know both, you know. So here's my answer to her. Heather, I'm glad to hear that you like the baseball analogy, so let's play ball. I never felt, feel like it's strike three and you're out in my spiritual formation because in God's world, we're never out. We keep swinging until we hit the ball. We have at least seven swings because a righteous man falls seven times, but he'll rise again, Proverbs 24. But even if we continually fall, his mercies are new every morning, Lamentations 3.22. He also commands us to forgive others 70 times seven, so surely he is committed to doing that for us, and he'll never throw us out of the game, Matthew 18.22. As a result, Miss Heather, I have confidence at the bat that the Lord is with me and his thoughts towards me are for good and not for evil. Jeremiah 29. If I fail, all things work together for the good to them that love me and love God and are called according to his purpose. Romans 8.28. So unexpected ground balls can hurt, especially if they hit you in the shin or the chin. But weeping may endure for a moment, but joy cometh in the morning. <laughs> I, this is where you have to dig in for some inner strength. I do have some people on my team, though, that um, will help me because when one member suffers, all members suffer with it, 1 Corinthians 12. I also try to leave margins for the unexpected things in life and continue to practice being great. At time when the whole crowd 
is booing at me, I have to remember there's no crying in baseball. And I have a heavenly grandstand rooting me on. I hope this encourages you. It encouraged me. So let's play ball. <laughs> Amen. You ever feel that way? Feel like you're down and things aren't going your way? God's saying, you're not out. Get up. Keep swinging. Let's go. His mercies are new every morning. He has thoughts towards you for good and not for evil. Amen. You have to remember that God loves you that much. So what we're going to talk about today is believing the promises of God. How many of you are believing God for a promise? Should be everybody, right? Because if you have it, then you don't have to believe anymore. You got two hands up, Ivory. I see that. How about your feet? You got... <laughs> because we're always believing God for something because things are always going wrong in this world. Is that not true? Jesus said, in this world, you will have tribulations, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So if we're in him, then we have overcoming faith to believe that God can do whatever he said he can do. Now, there's over 7,000 promises in the Bible. Hallelujah. Pick one, and it'll be yours. And people criticize the name it and claim it group, but you know what? If it's in the Bible, you can call it out and claim it for yourself and make it yours. I ask people all the time, uh, you know, that are believing God, I said, well, what scripture are you standing on? Well, none. I just, you know, believe that God will do it. Well, that's not really calling him to the task. It's not bringing him into remembrance of his word. It's kind of like saying, well, you know, I guess he'll do it and I guess he won't, but it's not really nailing it down. It's almost like if, if, uh, if, I, if I look outside my window and I say to my wife, I'm thinking Charlie and Jeannie are going to come over today. And she said, well, what made you think that? Well, I just figured they might come over today. Well, did they tell you? No, but, you know, they're good people. And they should be able to read my mind, and they should come over. She would say, I'm what? Crazy. <laughs> but if, if Charlie and Jeannie say they're coming over at 2 o'clock, guess what? By golly, they'll be there at 2 o'clock. So what promises can we believe God for? Let's see here. All of the promises of God in him are yea and amen. Is that correct? Unto the glory of God. And some people think, oh, well, you know, uh, I don't want to bother him. He's busy. He's got things to do. But God, he, he's never too busy for us. The Bible says he numbers the hairs on our head. Now he knows the total. He knows each individual hair and calls them by name. He names the stars. Amen? Surely, he, he knows when a sparrow falls to the ground. Surely, he knows what you're going through. And we have to realize that, that God is with us no matter what we're doing. Amen? So, all the promises of God in him are yea and amen. Let's look at this next scripture. It says, now, see, God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said it, and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken, and shall he not bring it to pass or make it good? God is true to his word. Now, some people are not like that. Let's see this. See, some, some people promise you the moon, don't they, ladies? <laughs> I promise I'll love you forever. <laughs> I promise I'll, you know, car salesmen. Oh, this is, the, this is a good car. We've checked it out. There's nothing wrong with it. Darlene? <laughs> couple months later, oh, I'm sorry, that's going to cost you $7,000, okay? I promise this, I promise that, but what we don't see is, 
Look at this. Oh, we, they had their fingers crossed. They really weren't promised. You know, politicians, don't you, you know, we're in the, electro, the presidential election. They promised us everything. But when after the election, oh, no, well, we couldn't do that. We couldn't do this. We couldn't do that. But, all, but God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. Has he said it? If he said it, we have to believe it. Now, there's no time limit on that. Did you know? We are so instantaneous society. We want it right now. I got to have it right now. I prayed yesterday. It's not here today. Where's God? What's happening? Why is it taking him so long? We have to just stand on the promises of God. One person put a Bible down on the ground and she stood on it and they said, what are you doing? I said, I'm standing on the promises of God. You have to hold on to it like a bulldog holds on to it and believe and know that God, if he promised it, he's going to bring it to pass. But a lot of times, it's because we're not lined up. Maybe the situations are not lined up. I know some of you ladies have a, have a checklist for, for your husbands, and it, the, the, it's really on back order because no one could get a man the way you have outlined him. <laughs> Tall, dark, handsome, loving, kind, rich. You know, all the things, you know, listens to me all the time and pays attention to me all the time. Well, praise the Lord. <laughs> okay, let's see what we have next scripture. But it says here in Jeremiah 1.12, I will hasten or watch over my word to perform it. He's not going to be negligent about his word. He's watching over. Let's see a picture of that. Uh, let me see the next slide for a picture. There he is, watching over his word to perform it. Isn't that good news? So don't think that any promises of God go unattended. He's, he's, he's watching. He's, and see, the way you do it is you have to put that word in your heart so that it not only, not, not only do you know it with your mind, but it grows on the inside of you to the fact that you just know that you know that you know it's going to happen because you have that confidence that comes from the word of God. Amen? So what is a promise anyway? It is God committing, pledging, vowing, and agreeing to do something in our lives. It's an indication and expectation of a successful outcome for our future. Isn't that what we want? A successful outcome? Amen? The Bible says, but thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph. Isn't that what it says? Thanks to God, which gives us the victory through Jesus Christ. Whatever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith in the God who promised it. He's able also to perform it. Is that right? Amen. Well, let's look at this in Hebrews, because this is or Mark eleven twenty four. I'm sorry. Therefore, I say unto you, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, first thing is you have to desire, then you have to pray, then you have to believe that you receive them, and then you shall have them. There's a process here. You have to have a desire. You have to really want it so much that there's nothing else that you want stronger than that. When you desire something, then you pray. Then you have to believe that you receive it before you get it. This is a hard thing for Christians to understand. They think they just pray, and I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. Someday, maybe, you know, down the future, on the by and by, God's going to do it. No, you have to believe that you got it right now, right now. When I was believing for the uh, lymphoma in my neck, I had to believe I was healed right now, and I'm waiting for the manifestation, but I 
have it right now. You know, <laughs> you heard about the guy that uh, his son was playing in the yard, and uh, he hurt his knee, and he came in. He said, Dad, my knee's hurting me. He said, well, let's, let's just pray. So they prayed, and he said, okay, Dad, but it's still hurting. He says, go on out there and play. He said, okay. So he came back in after playing a while. He said, Dad, it still hurts. He goes, well, we're waiting for the manifestation. So okay, well, he went out and played a little more and came back. Dad, it's still hurting. And when's the man from the station going to get here? <laughs> I'll wait for the laughter to die down, right? Okay. Let's look at Hebrews 11.1. 1. Okay, we're ready to get into the meat of it now? Yes. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is a substance. It's assurance. It's confidence. Substance means that it's tangible. You can feel it. You can know that you have the, the assurance of God that he's going to do whatever he said he's going to do, whether it's believing for a car, a house, your health. Uh, relationships. You have to believe that God's going to do it. Faith is a substance. Now, where does faith come from? It comes from the Word of God. It doesn't come from your just like, oh, I just think that this is going to happen. No. Faith is a substance of things hoped for. So what comes first, faith or hope? People say faith. Let's look at this. Now, faith is a substance of things hoped for. First off, you, you, you get a hope. You hear somebody come up and give a testimony. Oh, the Lord blessed me with a car. Lord blessed me with a promotion like Dominic. The Lord did this. The Lord did that. So you're sitting in the audience. You go, I wish I could have that. I, 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 I could use a promotion. I could use a car. It's hope. But then you have to apply some faith to it. And faith is the word of God that assures you that you're going to have what you say. Whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them, and then you'll have them. Amen. This is, a, this is a process that we have. This is not uh, microwave faith. God's not into like, okay, you want it? Oh, okay. I, it's not short order cooked type stuff, right? <laughs> you know, sometimes you go into a bank and you see a line of about three or four people. You go, oh, man, I got to wait forever. Oh, this is ridiculous. Oh. And I, I started looking at my clock. And it's only about five minutes, but we're just so anxious for everything that we can't wait. You can wait. But once you, you can wait knowing that you have it. When you tell your kids, I'm going to buy you a bike, they get all excited. Oh, man, I'm going to get a bike. Okay. They don't say, where is it? They go, I'm going to get it. So they go to the garage, and they clean up their garage, and they get it ready, and they think about it. Oh, I'm going to ride to school, and I'm going to be with my friends, and we're going to ride all over the place. And they haven't even gotten it yet. But they believe they receive it, and then... They'll have it. That's the way we have to be. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence, there's no evidence. Your body doesn't look good. It's hurting, right? There's no evidence that you're, you have money in the bank. But faith is the confidence that, uh, that what we don't see will come to pass. Let's look at this next scripture because we're going to give you five A's after this. Romans 4, 19 through 21. And now, talking about Abraham, because we all have to go this way. The old, the old uh, patriarchs and us, whether you're a new Christian, old Christian, this is the way it is. Now, so Abraham, God made a promise to Abraham, didn't he? He said, you will be a father of many nations, and you and Sarah are going to have a son. And they did what? They laughed. Ha, ha, ha. You got to be kidding, God. Have you seen Sarah lately? 
She old. She really old. And I'm, I'm old. And we're both dead. And we, all we do is watch TV. We don't do nothing. How could that be? But <laughs> Abraham said, and not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about 100 years old. And the deadness of Sarah's womb, he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and building, being fully convinced, fully persuaded. That's what we have to be, fully persuaded. Not considering your own situation, not wavering at the promise of God, but considering uh, being fully convinced that what he had promised he was able also to perform. He was putting the confidence not in himself, but in God who promised it. God, you said, God, you said, when I was uh, believing God for my healing, I said, any time now, Lord, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm going through the MRI, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm going through all the tests that they're doing. I'm ready, Lord, I'm, I believe that I have it any time. I became fully convinced that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. All right? This is the way of Christianity. So let's look at this now. We're going to give you four, I'm sorry, five A's to believe in God. You ready? This is like going to class, Ernie. This is class. class. You're going to get five A's, okay? A, at once expectation. We have to believe that God for the right now and not always for the sometimes later. Isn't that right? Faith, it says, now faith is. Faith is now. When God promised, oh, yes, thank you, Lord. I have it. I have what you want me to give. I know my wife, a while back, she wanted to get a Mercedes. And, uh, you know, it took me a little while to process that. <laughs> we were at a church where, they, you know, they, they bought, like, expensive cars, and that was the way they just showed how prosperous they were. And so she said, well, you know, I've had a Mercedes before. <laughs> now we're living for God. We should, we should have one now, don't you think? It's said, in due time, but I promise you we'll have it. So she kept waiting. When is the due time? <laughs> and then she did a little trick on me that ladies do that I didn't know about. She said, let's just go look. <laughs> let's go look and see what's out there. Looking can't hurt, could it? Yeah, I can, huh? <laughs> so we went out there, and sure enough, there was a Mercedes that we thought was just peachy keen, and um, the, the, so the salesman said, well, you want to go on in and sign the papers? And so he went in, and my wife and I looked at each other, and we just knew in the bottom of our heart, no, it's not time yet. It's not the right time. And so I'm so glad that the Lord spoke to my wife, because <laughs> it was a pretty car, but it was a very expensive, and I was going to have to pay. We were going to have to pay it. When God gives it to you, it's nice and easy, and you don't have to, it's not a struggle, Right? So we have to believe God for the right now. Let's see this next slide. See, a lot of people said, oh, next week, tomorrow, uh, someday, in the future, next year, later, someday the Lord is going to heal me. Someday I'm going to have a good attitude. Someday, no, now. Faith is now. Believe for it now. Amen? Let's look at the next A. A is assurance in the promise of God. We have to get that witness in our spirit that this promise is the will of God for your life. We can't believe that, okay, God, you know, I, I haven't been living exactly right for you. You should live right for the Lord. I hate to tell you this, but you should live as holy and as righteously as you can for the Lord. But he makes allowances for your mistakes. We, we've been forgiven. But that doesn't mean we can keep on going and doing what we 
are doing. That's why I get upset when I hear people on TV say, God is going to bless you. If you just give $100 today, God, this week, he's got a big blessing for you. Uh Well, how do you know what this person's been doing with their life, right? We have to get the assurance in the promises of God that it is for us that he loves us. Amen? Okay. Let's see the, uh, the uh, see, remember when Jesus healed the blind man and he put the, uh, the, the, the mud on his eyes? But what did he ask him for? He said, do you believe that I'm able to do this? Right? Well, he should, you know, the answer is yes. But my question to you, do you believe the Lord is able to take care of you? Watch over you? Bless you? Protect you? That's what he wants to know. Do you, now, we know he's able but do you believe he's able to do it for you? Do you feel good enough in the Lord's eyes that he wants to bless you? Because we've already been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We've been cleansed from all of our sin. Thank God for that, right? If you sin, just confess your sins. He's faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. A lot of people say, well, you know, I'm not just, I'm not doing right. Well, we'll get it right and let the Lord bless you. Amen? Amen? Number three is able to stand alone. We have to believe that the promises, even if nobody else does, right? And some people will discourage you. Have you ever had that? Again, I'm referring to the time where I was sick with the lymphoma, and we went to a gathering, and the one lady said, oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, and you're such a man of God. So sorry to have this happen to you. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> That's not helping me, <laughs> right? Uh, and then people will say, well, you know, my brother had this. And oh, he went through such agony. Oh, he went through the chemo. No, 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 no. Please, I don't want to hear that. I'm believing God for my deliverance. So you're able to have to stand on. Let's see how it looks. How does this feel? feels like you're in the middle of the ocean, isn't it? Middle of the lake. All by yourself. Only you and God. But it's good to have people that help you, isn't it? Amen. Amen. Let's see what the next slide says. We have to have an attitude of victory. We have to believe if God is for us, who can be against us? You know, when I first got saved, I told God, I don't want to be like a, a weak Christian. I don't want to be like a milk toast, mamby-pamby, you know, well, whatever, whatever. It's for the glory of God. No, I didn't like that. I said, I want to be a strong Christian. I want to be victorious. I want to be like this, these guys here. Hey, yes. It's better to be victorious, right, than losers. We don't want to be losers. God doesn't call us to be losers. He calls us to be winners, to overcome. Overcome everything that we're facing. But you notice, this is a team effort. You have to have people to come alongside of you like uh, Sylvia did. She called her, her uh, daughters. And her daughter started texting everybody, pray for my mom, pray for my mom. She got help so that they can just rejoice. They're all up here rejoicing. They didn't jump around like this, but... <laughs> In the spirit they were, right? They were jumping on each other. They were happy. Their mom got the victory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. And the last thing is, our success is to the glory of God and to promote his will in the earth, right? It's not, it's not about us. 
It's not all about us. God made a covenant, and he wants to establish his covenant on the earth. And his covenant is that he's going to take care of us. We're his children. He's going to watch over us. These are the things that he wants to do for us. So the Bible says that all that we do, do all to the glory of God. So whatever you do, know that God is watching you. God is taking care of you. God wants to see uh, his promises fulfilled in your life so that we can say, it wasn't me, but it was to God be the glory. Amen? Amen. Let's bow our heads. Father, just thank you for bringing us together to receive encouragement for you, that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. There's no promise left uh, on the table, Lord God, that you're ready and willing to fulfill it in all of our lives, that we will see your glorious victory in all that we do because it is you that's working in us. So, Father, we think about those things that are pressing against us, thinking about those things that are causing us to worry or to fret, and know that, Lord God, that you've already seen ahead and provided for us before we even got to that point. So, Lord, I just thank you that you empower your people to believe and trust in you with all of their heart. And I thank you, Lord, you're touching their heart even right now as I speak. So they may know that the living God is still working on this earth, working through us and to the people that, uh, to the people in situations that concern us. So for this, Father, we give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. And all agreed, say... Amen. Let's do something. Let's just clap our hands to the Lord and say thank you for all that he's going to do because we're believing and trusting in him. Amen. All right. If you stand on your feet, let's, I'm going to give you a benediction and then we'll let you go on and, and uh, defeat the enemy and overcome all the things that are pressing against you. Are you encouraged, church? You're encouraged? You got some ammunition? Got some things to fight with? Amen. So God told uh, Aaron to bless his people by saying this, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace and give you rest. Take your peace and rest from the Lord this day. In Jesus' name we pray. And all agreed said? Amen. Amen. Amen.